PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. So the Utah Jazz, did they hit rock bottom that time? I know, it's not the first time I've asked that, is it? Well, it's not the first time the question has occurred to me, and I usually just blurt out whatever pops into my head. Sure, getting down by 40 at Toronto felt like rock bottom, and then coming home and getting beat by the Lakers felt like rock bottom, and... It's just been, as Quinn Snyder said in his opening answer, you know, they they haven't played well lately. It's been the last couple of weeks. You're going to hear from Quinn in the Best of the Jazz pregame show coming up later in this hour. Um, There are multiple problems. Um, They don't score well. They don't defend well. The bench is not helpful. Where do we start? I would say just watching a game, and I know Quinn's very defensive-minded and fans tend to be offensive-minded, but the first thing I notice is the ball sticks some possessions the ball moves. And when it does, usually good things happen. But not enough possessions. Too much dribbling, too much dribbling going nowhere, too much holding the ball, and it lets the defense get set. It lets guys rest. You need to make them move for 24 seconds and tire them out. Especially, especially when you're at home and they're playing at elevation. Teams are not set for that. Make guys move. Get them tired. They will commit fouls. They will miss jumpers. Their legs will go. uh, We've seen this through generations of jazz teams for years. The ball has to keep moving, and there has to be movement away from the ball, and the defenders have to keep moving. If you keep them moving, they're going to wear out. But it doesn't happen. The ball sticks. The ball stops. And they have bad possessions. And then they force stuff, and they turn it over. And that puts the defense in a bad spot. And I'm not saying the defense is great, because it isn't. But I really feel like the turnovers have sunk the Jazz. The points off of turnovers have sunk the Jazz. They were basically the difference in the game last night, a 14-point loss. Now they were down 20, and there are other things going on. I get that. But the points off turnovers just scream there's a problem. And that problem is accentuated when the Jazz go to the bench. At the end of the first quarter, they went to the bench, and they gave up a run. Third quarter, they went to the bench, and they gave up a big run. That was a four-point game at the half, and it was still a six-point game midway through the third quarter. 66-60. I think Ingles hit a three. They made it 66-60. And anything could have happened. And you know what did happen? Joe Ingles went to the bench. Rudy Gobert went to the bench. Boyan Bogdanovich went, Boyan Bogdanovich went to the bench. And Oklahoma City went on a huge run. It's happened time and time again. I think PK's sick of me saying it, but it keeps happening. What am I supposed to say? That's what's happening. It's not that the starters have been dominant. Uh, they haven't. Um, they certainly weren't last night. Uh, they have in other games, but not in this one. Uh, but it was about a toss-up. But the bench just got worked. Uh, basically, the guys who came off the bench and played the most minutes, Jeff Green and uh, Ed Davis and Emmanuel Moutier, they were all within shouting different diff- distance of being minus however many minutes they played. You know, minus uh, 15 points in 18 minutes, minus 18 points in 19 minutes. Uh, it's, it's, this is not good. And those guys, those are three bench guys playing the most minutes, and when they come in, it's, it's usually trouble. So, we will get to that coming up with the best of the Jazz post-game show. We're going to take you to Kalani Sataki's uh, media availability, where he talked about the bowl game with Hawaii. Uh, but a little bit of Ute news first. <clears throat> Utes are getting a transfer, a quarterback from South Carolina, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, you know, I, I don't know where the Utes are going here at quarterback. Um, 
it looks like there'll be several guys battling for the job. Um, they've got guys on the roster. They got a guy redshirting. Now they got a guy announcing he's transferring in. Uh, Jake Bentley has been at South Carolina for four years. He's a former four-star guy. He played. Uh, he got on the field as a freshman. Played a lot as a sophomore and junior, and then his, which should have been his senior year, played one game, hurt his foot, injured out for the year as a Liz Frank injury. So with this new rule where you can play four games and still redshirt, only played one, so he gets that redshirt year back and is a grad transfer and play right away. So, you know, where does he fit? You know, I don't know. I haven't been watching a lot of South Carolina football. You can go look at his numbers. Uh, he's thrown for 7,000 yards, 55 touchdowns to 32 picks. That's not a great ratio. And his completion percentage dropped every year, 65% as a freshman, which is impressive because that's really where Kyle likes to set the goal. If you're already there as a freshman, you're in good shape. But it went down to 62 to 61 and then to 53, although that was just a one-game sample his fourth year. So it's been headed in the wrong direction. Now, you know, they must have seen film on him. They must like him. They can't comment on him officially until he enrolls in school. Um, but see the film? Do you see some mistakes in the way the offense is run? Maybe some limitations in players around him, whether it's O-line, receivers, whatever, no running game. Um, you know, some of that stuff might be explained away, and can Andy Ludwig help him improve? Is he the starter? I don't know that, but absolutely certain they want a really good backup because over half the quarterbacks get hurt. We saw several teams play three quarterbacks this year. We saw BYU do it. Uh, we saw USC do it, just a couple teams in the West right off the top of my head. Oh, Cal had to do it also briefly. Uh, Monster had got knocked out. Um, so... You know, it, it happens. Uh, there, there are issues, and lots of teams use backup quarterbacks. ASU had to go to their backup quarterback. UCLA had to go to their backup quarterback. So it's, uh, you can never have enough depth. So we'll see. But uh, Jake Bentley coming in. And then the other news from the U is that Morgan Scally gets his contract reworked, which uh, we'll get to this with PK later. Does this mean he's essentially coaching waiting, even though they didn't use that phrase? All right, we'll get to that coming up. But next, we're headed to BYU to hear from Kalani Sataki. Stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go to BYU. Kalani Sataki is talking about the bowl game with Hawaii in Hawaii. You suspect it was going to be Hawaii all along? Yeah, we, I mean, we, we kind of knew that there was a group of um, opponents that we could – that we thought would be the ones, and Hawaii being one of them. So we uh, did our scouting report last week and got some extra work on on them, and, and uh, just glad that it paid off and that they uh, they are our opponents. And so uh, you know they had a tough game against against uh, Boise, but I think the the score's not um, the game was a lot closer than what the score showed. Uh, they had uh, they had moved the ball quite often, especially early in the game, and. Um, had a turnover on downs, uh, one at the one yard line, another one at five yard line. So, uh, and that with a pick close to the red zone too. So, I think they feel confident with what they're doing on offense. They're scoring a lot of points. Nick Rolovich is an excellent coach, and I said before, I think they have a lot of experience on their staff. Really good coaches, and uh, their players are playing uh, really motivated football right now, and um, you know, playing really good team football. And so, looking at. Stats-wise, their offense is uh, pretty explosive. You look at the things that they've done in the top 10 passing offense in the country, and um, you know they average close to 470. Um, I think it's 300, and, uh, you know, about 145 yards rushing and, and uh, over 300 yards passing. So, um, 
quarterbacks that can play, a lot of big physical line, and, and um, top four receivers have tons of catches. I mean, I think the, uh, the running back is almost at a thousand yards, and um, top four receivers, I think it goes 90, 80, 80, and 58 in receptions. That's an that's a boatload of catches. <laughs> they can do some things with the ball, and so uh, you know it's going to be a tough matchup. But we're looking forward to it. And then on defense, they they've done some really good things defensively, tackle well, they're physical up front, and um, so looking forward to a good, a good game. And our goal is, uh, you know, our purpose to this bowl game is to go out there and for only for one thing, and that's to play well in this game and to be at our best. And uh, just thankful for the opportunities for us to have, you know, a little bit of fun and be out there longer than what we're normal we do normally. But uh, you know, we've got we've got our goals set on trying to get a win. What are your thoughts on, on playing a, a bowl game on against an opponent on their home field? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're used to it, you know, so um, not really worried about it. I think we, we just got to focus on what we can control. And and for us, uh, getting some extra time to scout them out a little bit and then see them in a game and then also being able to have some, um, you know, we were really familiar with a lot of guys on that staff, you know, looking at the, the coaching staff and you can see, They've been a lot of different places, and, and we know them really well. So, and uh, I think we, you know, we've had some familiar with them playing them last year, and uh, they're a different team. They're more balanced, and they're playing really, um, they're a really tough team, physical. So, I think that'd be a cool matchup for our guys. How different is this team that you're facing this year versus the one you played hosted here last year? Well, it's, you can, you can. It's a huge difference, and they're gaining momentum. Uh, obviously, they won their division in in, in, in their conference, and so um, they're able to put a lot of points on the board, and um, that's something that we have to be ready for, you know. And I think uh, they're playing. I mean, they got to the championship game, and they went and played in in uh, in Boise, and uh, so that's it's always a tough matchup. But uh, looking at the at the way they play football, I think um, really they execute really well on a, on all three phases, and then. You know, they're a sound team. I think Rolovich has done an amazing job getting that team to play the way that they're playing. They have an opportunity to get 10 wins, and we have an opportunity to build off of our, our season from last year and, and, and continue our, our, our bowl win streak. You know, So there's a lot to play for in this game, and I think it will be the only game on for the day. So a lot of eyes will be watching us and looking forward to, to you know performing and, and playing against a quality opponent like Hawaii. What makes their passing offense so successful? Well, uh, I think you have to start with the quarterback, you know, and, and um, their old line is providing them more time to throw the ball. Um, they're not getting sacked quite a bit, you know, quite often. And if you're looking at uh, when pressures, um, when people bring pressure, they usually get the ball out quickly. And and so um, we've seen a lot of teams like this. And I think uh, Utah State kind of really compares on how quickly they get the ball out. Um, but regardless, we're going to have to find ways to make the quarterback uncomfortable. And uh, that's the name of the game, and and uh, looking at uh, the amount of catches that the receivers have, they're they're. I mean, they can do a lot of things. Uh, they can catch the ball deep, and they can and they can create from underneath routes too. So, um, they, but I think you have to go to their offensive coordinator and to their their offensive staff and the personnel that they have, and and the guy that has the vision of the offense is Rolovich, and Rolovich is a really good coach. I've known him for a long time, and. Uh, he's passionate about the game, and he does a great job at, at, at getting those guys to understand their role and everyone playing off of each other. And, and 
getting points on the board, and that's what we got to stop them from doing. And also the true run and shoot that he's running, but he's running a mm. variation of it. How unique is that to defend? Yeah, I think he's. Uh, it shows in, in how he's able to use his personnel. You know, he used a, a, not just the same quarterback. They've used Cadero and they've used, a, you know, McDonald's. They, they've had guys that can that can come in there and and buy into the system and they roll into it. I mean, they've lost. Uh, with Ursula going out, they lost a, a good number of receptions. But you look—I just named the top four recep- uh, receivers. It's, they're not really missing the beat, you know. And and, and um, I just think they're a dangerous opponent, and, and they've put up a lot of points on a lot of good teams. And and uh, they've made—you look at some of the things that they, that that uh, the Boise game, for example, championship game in, in the Mountain West. They they really just cause their own problems. They're the only ones that. I mean, the, there's, the, the issues that they had were really stuff that they can control on their end. So uh, we're expecting to get their best shot, and, and we need to find ways to get points off the board like Boise did to them. Coach, what's the status of your quarterback situation in terms of health with Zach trying to get 100% healthy still and, and Baylor and his foot and, and Jaron as well? Yeah, they're all in a practice today, and, and away we go. We have an opponent that we, that we scouted, and, now we're, we'll see we'll see some of their best looks today and from our scout team and and uh, prepare for them. Take the extra time and the extra practice that we have. Recent trend in college football is that for some players are sitting out bowl games, mm-hmm. thinking about their futures. Do you have any any of your players in that situation? No, they all want to play football. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky to coach these guys, so yeah, they're, they're all going to make the trip and all going to get on the field. And those that, that can are able that that are without injury, but. The way it looks, it looks right now, we're, we're getting guys back, and they're going to compete, and the best will play. I think Bracken was one of the only ones that didn't play at San Diego. Mm-hmm. Is, he, is his season ending, or is he? No, he's going to play, okay. yeah. We were hoping he'd play in, in, that, in the San Diego State game, and I think he wanted to, but you know, we had to save him from himself. You guys know Bracken. He'll go out there <laughs> any way he can. and um, So, yeah, he, he'll, he'll play in this Hawaii game. I mean, he wants to practice every day. It's just hard to keep the guy off the field. Why do you feel confident in your offense coming off of a disappointing effort offensively against San Diego State? Well, because a lot like I mentioned with with Hawaii's um, um, their performance in the, in the in the championship game against Boise, uh, you have to look at some of the things that we did that we can control on our end and some of the mistakes that we made and. Uh, the goal is going to be not to make the mistakes and get points on the board, and then stop them, and make, and uh, you know put them in a position to make mistakes. And that's that's what you do every every week. And so uh, yeah, I think uh, with extra practice and uh, you know the preparation and with hard work, we'll be able to improve on that. Can you detail kind of your ties to uh, Hawaii to the Oahu just mm-hmm. growing up there? What well, I don't remember anything about Tonga, even though uh, I was born there, right? But I do remember Hawaii, and I grew up in Laie and have tons of family out there. And so, you know, went to went to preschool and Laie Elementary, and so I I grew up there and I have family there. So we were always back and forth, even when we did move to Provo and. I have two hometowns. That's Provo, Utah, and Laie, Hawaii. So, proud of that. And I mean, I, I think anybody that uh, grew up in Hawaii, when you, when you, you know, for me, it was BYU was number one, and then always cheer for UH as well. So, I mean, we just have a connection. I, I know there's a lot of tradition, and a lot of guys that have have. Uh, you know, our family was always watching them, and anytime we could support Hawaii, we were doing that. Does the BYU brand still carry a lot of weight in that area uh, out in Hawaii still? 
I think it does. Yeah, I mean that's uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, Mormons out there, and, and 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 a lot of people that love BYU, and then there's a lot of people that love Hawaii. So I anticipate there's going to be a lot of you know people with this game. There's a lot of interest, and and there's a lot of people that want, that want this win on both sides. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Just happy to be part of it. What are your travel tips for those making the trip to Hawaii? Travel tips? Yeah, where do you go? What yeah, leave, you see? leave the, 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 the winter coat at home. We won't need that. <laughs> so that's all I can say. And, but we're going to work. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to have fun, too. And, and we're going to be able to there's, – there's people that are going to go experience Hawaii that have never done it. And I'm, I'm excited to show them, you know, the place that I grew up in and things like that and, and the wonderful people in that area and – Obviously, the food, right? But the, um, I, I think it's important for our players to understand the culture and and, and have that whole experience. But we're going to work and we're going to practice, and we're going to have one goal in mind: that's to win the game. It was a pretty hot rivalry between Hawaii and BYU for years. Mm-hmm. In the same conference. You feel like it's co- cooled off at all? Or you think there's still the same angst? I don't know. I mean, I think we're just going to go play a game, right? And and however anyone feels about it, it's up to them. But. I just know that there's a lot of respect on both sides for and from our players to their players and from our coaches to their coaches. It's just, it's the same way we we've known them for a long time and uh, I never want to tell fans how to behave or how to act or how to feel. That's why they're fans. They can. My job is to make the fans that are dressed in royal blue happy. So will you practice five days this week? Is that kind of mm-hmm. the plan? Maybe six. Play? Yep. Even Saturday. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I feel like we need it. So there's only one definite thing we won't be practicing on Sunday. <laughs> how, how do you balance this time of year? Because you've talked in the past, there's 15 practices you guys get. Mm-hmm. You call it a miniature spring ball. How do you balance both preparation but also development of younger players? Or do you do that at all? No, yeah, it, it's it's involved. And, and we had a good start last week, right? And, and it will continue again this week. And um, I think you just have to – it's a little bit harder than normal practice and a little bit more um, – focused on the younger guys developing as well but uh, with with the situation we're in we can use them in the game plan and that's a lot better than turning around and you know practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and then getting a game plan for Saturday. Now we have more time to see if young guys can be more involved in the game plan on offense, defense and special teams. Do you feel like a bowl win could potentially carry momentum? I mean you had that last year in Mm -hmm. the potato bowl. Do you feel like there's that potential to have that momentum in the offseason? Well, the, the momentum was created in the practices that we had. It wasn't really just the result of the game. The result of the game was, was fun and happy, and we were excited. And, you know, that, that was a, a cool way to send the seniors out. I think the bowl game is just another way for us to say goodbye to the seniors, but then the win just makes it easier to say goodbye, right? But if we don't take advantage of the practices, then then there will be no progress. And, and for us right now, this where we saw progress from last week to now and and my goal is to use five possible six practices to improve and get better and and, and create momentum going into 2020 and that's that, that's one thing that we can do for sure the, the result of the game just makes it easier to say goodbye another guy that uh, was banged up with the, with the plant against San Diego State was Chris Wilcox is he mm-hmm. available for the bowl game we'll see I think I think he wants to play in that game but um my goal is to keep him ready for 2020 that's that's uh he's been out of football for a while and came it, it was nice he got a taste of it but we we know what he can do right and this isn't so it would just be it'll be we'll see how it goes in the next couple of weeks but um we'll make that decision later I just know that he's important to us. 
has there been I assume there's been competition with the kickers uh, has mm-hmm. anything been resolved as far as that goes no not yet so yeah. it's open competition mm-hmm. yeah we have to do it that way and we'll see what happens we, we created some competition last week and we'll do it again this week and that's in every position but the kickers included how much time do you spend focusing on things like the psychological side of the game with the with the kids because the, the mm-hmm. kickers seem to have gotten in their own heads maybe a little bit how much time do you kind of look at that and try and help kids psychologically I'm just a bottom line t- type of guy just make the kick make the catch throw the ball you know secure it make the tackle things like that so uh, I don't get into all the um, details of everything I let the experts do that and so we have a a great um, sports psychology department here that helps us out, and and we have a, a mental health part that helps us out with that too. So um, I'm not an expert at kicking, but I just know that when it goes through the uprights, then we're, we're all happy, right? And I look at the the hold and the, and the snaps, and that's all part of it. Everyone looks at the kicker, and, and it's an easy one to just blame the kicker, but there's a lot that goes into the game, just like. You know, running back scoring a touchdown, and everyone's like, "Well, that was a great run." Well, if he got untouched, that was probably had a lot to do with the O line and tight ends, the receivers blocking on the field as well. So, uh, my job is to look at what actually fits and what we can fix, and uh, what my expertise is, and then um, using the resources around me. Last couple questions. How often will you be traveling this week with in-home recruiting visits and things like that? Not much. I mean, I think we've got most of our guys um, that we feel like we're locked in and, and we'll have some home visits and um, but we'll have some assistants that are out uh, recruiting a little bit this week but myself I'll make one trip but I shouldn't miss any practices. There's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. When we come back the best of the bet jazz post game show. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz get blown out at home by Oklahoma City in the third quarter last night. Let's wrap it all up with the best of the postgame show. True Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz lost last night to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 104-90. And as strange as this uh, is to say, it was a game that wasn't even that close. Uh, The Jazz down 20 for most of the fourth quarter, and Oklahoma City got a win going away. The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 26 points, took him 25 shots to get there. Rudy Gobert had a really nice night. He might have been the only player for the Jazz last night. He had 19 points on 9 of 10 shooting. He had 17 rebounds to go along with it. Boyan Bogdanovich with uh, 13 points on 4 of 17 shooting as the Jazz uh, really struggled against Oklahoma City last night, shooting 40.4% from the field, only 8 of 31 from 3. Let's get to some postgame sound. Let's start with uh, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Well, you know, generally speaking as well, we've clearly struggled over the last several games, um, you know, in a number of areas of the game, um, defensively, um, you know, without getting getting too technical, because um, I, I want to. I think there was a number of issues throughout the game that um, you know don't doesn't fall to one particular thing that you point to. We just we've got to. You know, I think we're we're better than that defensively. Um, their quickness, you know, is is a strength of their team, and. You know, we've got to be really connected in order to defend. And, you know, that means everybody doing their job. And, 
it's kind of a, a chain reaction at times. But you know, there's more. You know, there's nothing about our team that doesn't um, you know own the performance, and you know, um, we're going to keep working and you know see what we're doing and, and do it better and try to improve. That means you know, there's no easy answer to that other than hard work. Ryan Miller. Hey, um, obviously you said you've struggled over the last few games. Have there been different things that have been going on, or is it all kind of the same issues? Well, every game's different. Every opponent's different. You know, tonight um, OKC is very different than, say, Philadelphia as far as how their their team is put together. And, you know, we need to adjust to that game to game. And we haven't, you know, been able to do that on the level that we need to. But... You know, like I said, there's nothing, you know, there's nowhere to, um, you know, you have to look at the group, the coaches have to, the players have to, and, and keep working and, and get better and um, start playing better. When the going gets tough, guys naturally, you know, want to step up, want to make plays and mm -hmm. things like that. Is there any concern that maybe that bleeds into guys maybe getting a bit too far outside the team ethos and trying to do a bit too much themselves? Yeah, you know, I think that you know that's guys trying to make plays and um, oftentimes someone trying to make a play leads to someone else having a play and um, in many instances um, you know that the, they they made it hard on us is what I'm saying defensively I think they got into us and that requires us to, to be even more connected and that's something you know we're I think we're aware of and Need to work work harder and and move move further in, the, in in really the respects you're talking about. And but there's you know I think there's a lot of things that can contribute to that. Um, and we need to look at them. And like I said, keep working. And it's I'm kind of it sounds redundant, but it's because it's true. Right here in the front row. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Schroeder uh, went off tonight. Uh, can you speak to the difficulties uh, you guys had defending him? Yeah, I mean, he, he what is he, 11 for 21? So um, he played very well. He played very well last night. He's playing well. Um, he's a difficult guy to cover because of his quickness. Um, he hurt us in a number of situations after switches. You know, he was able to get to his mid-range. Um, so it's, um, you know, hats off to him for the way he played. He's a, he's a tough cover. Quinn, you spoke about uh, Oklahoma City's defenders kind of getting into mm -hmm. you guys and, and making it difficult. How do you feel the offense performed overall? Were you happy with the shots that were that were taken and just no, I mean, not going we, in? The, you know, things can get stagnant, and sometimes pressure creates that. And we're in a situation where you're trying to use pick and roll to, to attack. Um, you know, I thought early in the game we really attacked the rim. And then we got him some situations where we, you know, we had some great looks and missed them. And, you know, as the game progressed, it got harder. And, you know, we, we still had some looks, but, you know, our decision making, you know, collectively, you know, that's where we need to come together and help each other on the offensive end because, you know, against a team that's pressuring you the way they were, um, that puts a lot of pressure on, on the guards to make plays. And, you know, that, that's, that's the reality of the game. Um, but at the same time, you know, we need to impose our will on the game on that end. Okay. One more. Sorry. Uh
Bull is saying that you guys miss Mike Conley, or is it a little deeper than that? No, I mean it's hard to it's hard to evaluate the impact you know of a player of Mike's caliber. You know, certainly that um, you know you always you know miss good players when they don't play. But um, like I said, we we need to play better. There's nobody that's that's you know fooled by that you know, as far as the coaches and the players in the locker room and um, you look at the things that that we need to do better some of them you guys have mentioned here and um, try to work towards them and, and correct them or improve them that was jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder 104 to 90 let's get you now some sound from the locker room let's start with Donovan Mitchell Don when shots aren't falling for you guys tonight how do you prevent that from affecting your defense um, I mean, honestly, we've been saying the same thing for a week and a half. You know, I'm just got to have a tougher mindset. You know, um, we can't get back in transition, find ways to uh, to communicate, you know, and when we don't hit shots, we can let it affect our defense. How important is it to be relentless and continuing to find the solutions to right the ship? You know, we got to find it. You know, we got to find it within ourselves. You know, a lot of it's on me, you know, Um a lot of it's just trying to find ways to, A, find guys who are open, lead guys on the defensive end, you know, talk, communicate. Like, I take a lot of this on myself. Um, like I said, we'll figure it out. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it seems easy because of the person that we have, but, you know, like I said, we'll figure it out. He said he felt like you guys were bothered by Oklahoma City's physicality tonight and didn't really respond to that. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think they just can't take us out of our out of our offense, out of our game. We can't complain about calls, you know. Um, we just got to move on to the next play. They did a better job of that than we did. It seems it's one recurring thing. Is, is, it, like you said, the slow starts and having these issues of maintaining consistency <coughs> throughout the entire game. Uh, at some point, is, is this just a mental thing that you guys are uh, trying to fight? I would say, yeah, you know, it's kind of like a here-we-go-again situation. Um, it's it's just one of those things, you know, I, it's only my third time, you know, third year, so I'm still trying to figure things out as well, and I'm looking to my vets, and sometimes they just, sometimes we all just go through things, you know, we don't really have an answer for it, but just the biggest thing is stick with it and trust it. Um, I really got much else to say besides that you know I, I gotta take a lot of this like I said I take a lot of this on myself you know offensively and defensively just gotta be better overall this team has little starts your first two years here does this feel different though we can't rely on that you know this be like oh we've been here before like um, I think it only feels different because honestly I'll just give us expectations because of who we have and who we brought in you know a lot of it is just we gotta put in the work in we said that at the beginning and you know um Good thing is we're not 19 and 27, but you know we're 13 and 11. You know we got to figure out at some point. We can't just sit here and say it's a long season. Um, and like I said, I got to be better as a whole, as a leader and as a player. What are you learning as a leader in this situation? Because this is this is a unique situation. Uh, I don't even know right now to be honest with you. I, um, I really got an answer for that. Because still processing. Yeah, still, still just still stuff you just got to figure out. Um, just take it day by day. Billy Donovan said before the game that the team's got this many new players. You know, it's kind of inevitable that it's a process. Guys getting to know each other and building mm-hmm. chemistry. But do you feel like it's taking longer than you had thought it would? For sure. I think obviously you want things to gel right away, but. Um, for us, we said it when we first got together, you know, on paper it looks great, but we got to put the work in and got to continue to, to play our basketball. And there are times where we just we do it and it looks great, and there are times where we don't. And it's all about trust, and um, we just got to have it.
Guys, that's Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to you. Donovan Mitchell, 26 points on 10 of 25 shooting. Some interesting thoughts about leadership and him uh, learning to be a little bit uh, better leader. Let's now hear from uh, Joe Ingles. Uh, I mean, I don't really, honestly don't have too many answers right now. I think it would be good to go watch the film, kind of see what what we did. I think we we played well in the first half. I think we were down three or whenever we were down at halftime. but yeah, I think <clears throat> I think a little bit the ball movement a little bit. We we got kind of stuck. They were going under a lot of pick and rolls, and um, I, I think they've played as that kind of way for a while. <laughs> um, in that situation, like whoever's got to either got to be ready to shoot or, or kind of make a play, and um, we missed some stuff early or early in that second half, I think. And um, but yeah, that's the only thing I can kind of really think of. I think. Once we started missing, they'll run transition a little bit and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'll have some more answers for you. In, in the last 24 game, hours. you guys were able to kind of come back though when you when you got down a little bit. It didn't it didn't preclude you from getting back and getting into your offense and, and, and playing better defense. This time though, it just seemed like once you're out, it, uh, it just kind of, that uh, intensity just kind of dissipated. Um, Am I wrong? I don't know. That's I mean, everyone's going to have an, a, an opinion of if we could come back or not. Uh, I mean, last game, we I don't know what the difference was. Like I said, we'll, we'll be able to watch it a bit more tomorrow. But um, I think, like I said, they, they were kind of going under and like mirroring the pick and roll. And sometimes we were hesitant to shoot it. I know I had a couple. I probably could have just rose up and shot it. Rudy sent in a good screen. And yeah, I mean, even for our bigs, it's tough to screen when they're just kind of, kind of doing that. They did a good job. and. I mean, maybe we shoot that and then make a couple more. They they start going over. You, you don't. Who knows, kind of thing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'll ask for me at the next shoot around. And I'll give you some more answers. <laughs> Quinn said in post game that uh, maybe their speed caught you off guard a little bit. But with Rudy, defense, he always points to communication as, as the first thing. Yeah, I think with everything we do is commun- offense and defense. Um, yeah, I, I think communication. F- for us, for our team, is, is a big part. I think when we're, we're out there talking, um, you obviously feel more connected as a group and um, the confidence because you know someone's behind you or, or switching or, or whatever. And then flip side on the offensive end too, when, when we're all on the same page and um, we know what we're running, we can run it with precision and force and we can get downhill and make plays. And obviously being an, an unselfish team, we can, um, like I said, when we're connected like that, we, we're really good. Um, and there's obviously been probably a few too many times this year that we haven't been as connected. And, um, yeah, it's something that, that kind of flows with, within the NBA season. There's ups and downs. And we obviously had a, a good game after that rough stretch, the last one. And um, obviously some things now we can improve on um, after watching watching the film tomorrow. Is there anything you can point to in particular to maybe help explain those gaps in connectivity that you mentioned that are happening a bit too often? Like, you mean things in particular, or? Like, yeah, is there any, you know, you're saying that you're having too, too long a period of gaps there in the I think just, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say one thing or, or two things kind of that, are, that stick out that kind of openly or anything, but um, I think just, just little things on both, on both ends of the floor. Um, I mean, Quinn's challenged me personally to, like, free throw line. Usually I'm... Um, maybe arguing with the referee or, or something where I can get our team into whatever we want to be in and, and that's on me and um, 
little things like that obviously can help us uh, I can do uh, that make sure everyone knows what we're in and then we can execute like we want to execute um, but there's a I mean there's a million situations obviously that we could um, break down I think but just just little things here and there and um, I think that's what we after that kind of tough stretch then we had a couple of days and we we kind of really dug into some of those things and I think we were we were the last game we weren't talking about these little things obviously tonight we we broke down a bit more and like I said I think the the offensive end like mirroring those screens and um us not making a decision either shoot it or or drive by him kind of thing it's it's that part of it's pretty simple and then make plays like I said we're an unselfish team and there we had I don't know how many turnovers we had a few in the first half I think we were pretty good with it in the second half but missed a lot of shots in the second half that they get out and run and they're they're a pretty quick team in transition playing four guards and three-point guards basically uh, last couple of years you guys kind of got over these stretches right I mean the early season struggles looking back on those what was kind of the difference uh, that allowed you to kind of turn the tide Poor. Um, I don't remember what we did last week um, <laughs> um, I mean I guess, it, I guess it's hard because we are a completely different team than what we were um, well, we've kind of everyone's I guess talked a little bit about the whatever we had ten new guys or whatever it's been and incorporating them into the system and um, I think a little bit of that has been kind of our struggles. I think the more we play together and the more we're out there together, practices, games. Um, obviously, I have no doubt that we'll put it all together and we'll we are a really good team. We'll continue to get better and better and um, yeah, I think as boring as it sounds the more we're out there together the more we're out there making mistakes together and make, m- making good plays together um, we're going to continue to get better and, and that's just that continuity of being out there together um, uh, as boring as that answer is guys that's Joe Ingles let's go back to you Joe Ingles, who once again was in the starting lineup for an injured Mike Conley, had nine points, but he did have eight assists, and Joe was three of six uh, from three last night. It'll be interesting to see what the Jazz do with Joe in the starting lineup when uh, Mike Conley comes back from this hamstring injury. Let's now let you hear from uh, Rudy Gobert. Express frustration. I think he used a phrase along the lines of, we keep talking about doing the same things and nothing changes. Do you feel like, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like there's frustration? I mean, definitely. You know, we felt like we not playing the way we want to play, and you know, we're not the team that we can beat. You know, so it's uh, it's frustrating, and you know, everyone is all the other teams can see it, and they just come and go at us. So we gotta we 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 do it for one game, and then we go back to doing the same stuff. You know, and uh, or maybe it's just because when we get tired, we just forget about. What's what's important, and we we fall back into our you know our demons, like we can say. What's the process of changing that? I think we just gotta stick together, uh, and it's gotta be communication. You know, we gotta be honest with one another, and uh, and you know, even if it's hard, you know, even if it sometimes you know it's a little harsh, uh, we gotta do that, and you know, I think that's the only way to move forward. So, what specifically went wrong tonight? I think uh, you know. I think we have some stretches when we move the ball, and and it's almost magical when we move the ball offensively. We we play better defense because we're more connected. And when we stop moving the ball and we you know we, we stop sharing the ball, we our defense becomes uh, just not as good. You know, we have more breakdowns. We don't communicate as well. We we give up 
transition baskets because we we, we take uh, not as good shots. So it's uh, I think it's a cycle, you know, when we play good defense and we communicate and offensively we share the ball. It take everything takes care of itself. Rudy, you mentioned kind of maybe things breaking down a bit when guys get tired. The the right decisions maybe aren't being made. What it, what if anything can you do to kind of drill that and, and kind of work on that? I think when we're tired, it's it's a good way. It's to even move the ball even more. We got a lot of talent on this team and. You know, we can use anyone. Like just, we got a lot of guys that can create. We gotta move the ball and you know, and, and and focus on the defense and make sure we communicate with one another. And if we're even more tired, if we're tired, I mean, if we weren't on the back-to-back. They were on the back-to-back. But anyway, if we're tired, we gotta you know make sure that we don't put ourselves in a position when we gotta turn the ball over or you know we we gotta run back on defense and and do all the stuff. We gotta be a little more aware of it and do it as a team. You mentioned on Saturday that the physicality needs to go up another level, and then Quinn mentioned tonight that he thought uh, OKC's bothered you guys with their physicality. Do you think uh, why is that still a problem? Every team is being physical with us because they they watch the game. I mean, teams that watch tonight they're gonna they're gonna see that every time someone is physical with us, they they, they just take us out of what we want to do. So they're gonna keep doing it. It's on us to you know to be. Tougher mentally and physically. So what, what specifically can you do to combat that? Move the ball. It's a good step, and do it with force. You know, and then defensively, same. Communicate and be physical. Are there things you do in practice to practice moving the ball, or is it just yeah. like a decision, yes or no? We do it every day. We do it every day, and uh, I think it's gonna come. You know, we just gotta keep communicating with, with each other, and you know. Keep keep having the right mindset, and uh, you know those habits are going to come. Are you surprised that it has taken this long to kind of get connected on the court? I mean, I'm not surprised. You know, it's uh, it's the NBA, and you know when everything comes fast. When the season starts, you know it's uh, it's it's never easy. You know, it's uh, it's always a process. So it's on, like I said, it's on us to keep working on it, and you know, and it's only early in the season. So we gotta stay positive, keep working on it, and the rest gonna take care of itself. Thank you, guys. That's Rudy Gobert. Rudy. Let's go back to you. This Jazz center Rudy Gobert. He had a nice night last night. 19 points, 17 rebounds. But the Jazz, of course, struggled putting the ball in the basket. Only getting 90 points. And Ben Anderson made an interesting note on the post game last night. Uh, in all four quarters, the Jazz did not get to 25 points, and that's not going to win you a whole lot of games in the NBA. Up next, the Jazz have the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow night on the road. That game will tip off at six o'clock. Pre-game will begin at five. There's the best of the postgame show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.